Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. And I am so happy to be talking to you as always, and I appreciate you listening to me. Now, don't forget, listeners, that my shows are archived, so you should, you know, be able to, you know, listen to any show. Like if you miss my show today, you'll be able to listen to it later on. And any shows thereafter from years ago, you can pull them up on TalkZone.com, particularly if you guys have gotten the TalkZone.com app. You know, it is available for iOS and Android systems and, you know, podcasts and all that. So you can listen to me whenever you want and things like that. All right. So how are you guys out there? You know, I'm sure that you all are doing great as that is my prayer and my wish for you all that are listening to me. Now, I know that you um, you guys have been, you know, listening to the weather that's going on in our country. I was just talking to um, uh, Dave about a shout out today that, uh, you know, the snow is off the chain. They're saying that 200 million Americans, you know, are being affected by the snow uh, in this country. And listen, there is snow here in Arizona in what is called the high country. OK, now, like today is, you know, it's very cloudy, very cloudy, very dark. And uh, it's going to be raining all day today. The high is going to be 51 and the low is 41. Isn't this about 45, 46 degrees right now? And a lot of you listening are probably saying, you know, that's not bad at all, Teresa. Well, if you're here in the desert, that's bad. It's cold and, you know, kind of funny, you know, it's, it's um, you know, rainy and it's it's not good driving weather and it's, it's, it's bad for us, you know, so. And just you have to remember that this is a desert. The entire state of Arizona is a desert. Okay. So, you know, desert conditions, you know, can be, can be something. But, um, anyway, you know, I, I do appreciate the rain and, um, and, um, you know, so we need the rain. My hope is that, that, uh, the powers to be are capturing the rain, you know, to save it. And, uh, I know this is also helping you know, the Colorado River and all of the other um, depositories of rain that we have, I mean, uh, uh, you know, areas that we have for uh, holding rain. So I hope that they're capturing all of this. And, you know, I was listening to a report about this guy and I was looking at it as he was shoveling the snow and the snow was piled up taller than he and he was telling me reported that you know he just doesn't have any more places to put the snow like they like he and his neighbors have run out of air you know areas to put the snow that they're shoveling you know and it just brought back memories when I was growing up in Chicago you know so I'm just saying listeners I do not miss the dang on snow now all right this is a great time to be living, listeners, in spite of the craziness that continues to go on in our world and particularly this nation. I just want to tell people that. All right. 
Now, this is going to be a great show as usual, as I will be talking to you um, along with my guest, the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. King. And this month is unfortunately coming to the end of Black History Month. Now, however, the celebration goes on today on my show, honoring those individuals for the great works that they have done and recognition that is needed to be given to them. So in lieu of my dinner table conversation today, I'm going to talk about three wonderful black Americans this morning. And then my guest and I will discuss hot topics of interest, making it interesting for you all out there to, you know, who are listening to me. All right. So let's get started with our Black History Month honorees. Let's start with George Edwin Taylor. Now, NPR reports a forgotten president candidate from 1904. He was born in 1857 in Little Rock, Arkansas. He was the son of a slave and a journalist by trade who lived in Iowa. He gained distinction, according to the Tacoma, Washington Times, on August 17, 1904, as a leader of the Republican National Convention in 1892, to which he was an alternate delegate at large from his state. The next campaign, he was delegate at large to the Democratic Convention. Now, despite what you, uh, you read in some history books, listeners, such as bio, you know, biographical dictionary of congressional woman, you know, representative Shirley Chisholm, she was a Democrat of New York, was not in, um, you know, she was not the first to run as an African American candidate in 1972. Although she is noted and that we are all very proud of the fact that she did run. Now, in 1904, George Edward Taylor, often forgotten in the discussion of black American political pioneers, ran for president as a candidate of the National Negro Liberty Party, sometimes known as the National Liberty Party. To support himself, the Times reported, Taylor took a job as a newspaper reporter in La Crosse. He eventually became editor of the La Crosse Evening Star. Okay. Now the library adds from 1910 to 1925, Taylor retreated from the national stage and lived an active life in Jacksonville, Florida. My next person is Otis Boykin. Now Otis Otis Boykin was born in on August, on August, I'm sorry, August 29, 1920 in Dallas, Texas. He graduated from Fisk College in 1941, Nashville, Tennessee and took a job with the Majestic Radio and TV Corporation. He later worked at P.J. Nielsen Research Laboratories, where he began to invent products on his own with some of his noteworthy inventions, including a wire precision resistor used in televisions and radios and a control unit for the pacemaker. That same year, he took a job as a lab assistant with the Majestic Radio and TV Corporation in Chicago, Illinois. He rose in the ranks, ultimately serving as a supervisor. In 1964, Boykin moved to Paris, creating electronic innovations for a new market of customers. His most famous invention was a control unit for the pacemaker. Ironically, Boykin transitioned in Chicago in 1982 as a result of heart failure upon his death. He had 26 patents to his name. Now, my last uh, black history uh, uh, individual that um, I'm recognizing, his name was Sherman Jocko Maxwell. He was known as the voice of the Negro Leagues. Now, Sherman Jocko Maxwell was born on this date in 1907. He was an African-American sports broadcaster, journalist, and postal worker. 
and Newark, New Jersey native Sherman Leander Maxwell was the son of William and Bessie E. Harris Maxwell. In 1928, Sherman graduated from Newark Central High School. He had hoped to attend Panzer College of Physical Education and hygiene in East Orange, only to find it not to accept black students. Now, Maxwell broadcast career began in 1929 when he talked um, the owner of the of WNJR in Newark into giving him five minutes of airtime every Saturday just to read the scores. He later served in World War II, taking pride in the fact that his quick typing skills landed him a job organizing entertainment such as boxing matches, <coughs> excuse me, such as boxing matches for his Army uh, regiment. After serving, Maxwell went on to broadcast for various stations over the years, all while working full time as a postal worker. Now, in 1967, he retired from radio. In 1994, Maxwell was inducted into the Newark Athletic Hall of Fame, America's first black sportscaster and a chronicle of the Negro Leagues. He transitioned July 16, 2008 in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Now, as you know, as I have always said, listeners, is that black history should be included in the regime of history, you know, that is being taught, you know, in our public and private school systems here in this country, and even people who are homeschooling their children, that should be included in their, um, in, in their, you know, uh, uh, in the, uh, regimen as they are teaching their children. Now, this will give the students, a broader and truthful spectrum of the societal members who did and are still contributing greatly to this country. Okay. All right. I am now going to bring on my guest. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent uh, guest on this show. And thank you, Reginald, for being on the show on this rainy, rainy, cloudy day here in Arizona. Yeah, rainy, cloudy. I'm, excuse me, uh, on the road headed into the office. Good morning, everyone. Uh, but it's another wonderful day. It's great to be alive. I'm glad I gave me the opportunity to, to open my eyes this day and, uh, you know, to keep on and, and make, uh, you know, hopefully be able to touch one's life in a positive way. Um, if, if, if I could just say something really quick, you were speaking of the uh, uh, the gentleman in the Negro League, and yeah. I just wanted to mention Larry Doby, who played in the Negro League. A lot of people obviously know who Jackie Robinson was, the first black man to play in the uh, major leagues in 1947. However, Larry Doby was the second gentleman to play in American League, played for the Cleveland Cleveland Indians. Uh, he went through all of the same unfortunate things that uh, Jackie Robinson went through, not able to stay in hotels, being called the N-word, being spit on uh, at games. So Larry Doby was the second black man to play in the Major League. Ironically, Larry Doby was the second black man to manage a Major League baseball team. The Chicago White Sox okay. from 1977 to uh, I believe 1980, and he's okay. a member of the hall, member of the Hall of Fame, and and just just a class act, class gentleman. So so just what Eddie transitioned, I want to say a couple of years ago. So I just want to put that out there for for Larry though. Because 
because a lot of people don't know who he is. I can say we know about Jackie Robinson, but then there's this wonderful man, Barry Dolby, as well. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for that information. I'm sure that um, my listeners appreciate that. So I want to get started because we have a lot to talk about. Now, uh, Reginald, this week, theweek.com did an article on this topic titled An Epidemic of Loneliness. Um, you can view this on the staff. It's dated January 6, 2019. Now, it starts by saying nearly half of all Americans today say they are lonely. Why is that so? And what are the consequences? And here's something you need to know. Now, the article states in part, how is loneliness defined? Loneliness isn't determined by the actual number of friends or societal contacts a person has. Social service researchers define loneliness as the emotional state created when people have fewer social contacts and meaningful relationships than they would like, relationships that make them feel known and understood. Essentially, if you feel lonely, you are lonely. One out of two Americans now fall into this category. In a recent study of 20,000 people by the health insurance company, now about 47% of residents reported often feeling alone or left out. 13% said there were zero people who they who knew them well. The United States is not unique in this respect, listeners. Loneliness is reaching epidemic levels throughout the developed world, this report is stating. 41% of Britons say that TV or a pet is their main source of company, and the U.K. has created a cabinet-level minister to deal with the problem of rampant loneliness. Now, a government study in Japan found that more than half a million people spent at least six months at home with no outside contact. Now, during years for caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. Now, this is stated by former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Now, Reginald, what do you think is going on here? You know, with the um, large number of individuals that are, you know, that is being reported, um, you know, about loneliness. Um, can you start off that um, for my listeners? Yeah. Well, as a as a therapist, I'm glad to ask you that question. And as a therapist, I like to put this therapist hat on. Um, there's, in my opinion, there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Uh, you can mm-hmm. be alone and live alone and be single, not married, kids, and all of that, and not be lonely. All of us, at one time in our life or lives, uh, or during the day or during the week, feel lonely. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a person who's single or bachelor, uh, no kids, live alone, have, you know, live alone since, what, I've been single since 1992. Um, it's when people don't have that connection with others. We as human beings, we need that connection. Uh, that's why God told Adam that he, I'm going to give you a word faith, and he gave him he. So mm-hmm. when people don't feel those connections, when they don't feel connected to others or other things, the loneliness can come in. And after the loneliness, the depression can come in. So mm-hmm. it's important for people to feel connected with something, be it an yes. organization, the YMCA, 
you know, YWCA's, your church club, you know, anything like that to make you feel that you're a part of something. Of something, exactly. And that's very, very important. Now, often I have stated on my report, um, you know, on, on this show that um, people are disconnected from the source, and that source is meaning God. Um, it, it is no nothing unusual that individuals' uh, mindsets have changed and they continue to change. Um, and what I'm speaking of is about their belief system, um, you know, what it is that they believe in, what, you know, what it is that they are, uh, uh, you know, attributing to, um, their lives and, and things of this nature. Now, in this report, uh, Reginald and my listeners, it stated a couple of things that are attributing to the loneliness that, you know, I won't say newfound loneliness, but I am going to say that, you know, with the uptick, the huge uptick of loneliness. Now, it says that it impacts individuals. It makes people sick. Now, studies have found regional connections between loneliness and a wide range of health problems, including, um, you know, increased risk for heart attacks, stroke and cancer. Lonely people are more likely to suffer from insomnia, insomnia, depression, as you stated earlier, and drug abuse. They are more likely to suffer from more rapid cognitive decline in old age. Another one is isolation is another one. You know, so this report does say, Reginald, and I want to hear your comment on this uh, before we move on. It says that, um, you know, why are so many young people lonely? And it says Americans are getting married and having children later in life. There are now more single people in the U.S. than at any time in the past 140 years. Not being part of a regular workplace also plays a role which you kind of mentioned earlier, with freelancers and gig economy, workers reporting higher levels of loneliness. And despite seemingly infinite opportunities to connect online, social media may actually be making the problem worse. Worse. Your comments, Reginald? Well, with the last part you said, actually, I was going to comment on that, that um, people sometimes are... uh, substituting human contact for being online. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're gaming, they're chatting online, they're, they're uh, dating online, you know, and so that actual human contact is, is, is missing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people may think that, uh, you know, being online and doing those kind of things online can take the place of but nothing takes the place of that human contact. Nothing takes takes the place of, you know, having a conversation with someone, sharing a laugh, holding mm-hmm. someone's hand, a hug. Um, you know, that's why babies who don't have human contact fail to thrive. And babies who do have that human contact do thrive. And how hospitals will have, you know, people, women come in just to hold the baby, just to hold them things or things like that. Because as it, at an early age, we need that human contact. So yeah. uh, having that human contact is, is just a wonderful thing. Just being out, if you're feeling lonely, uh, you know, just get out, maybe walk through the mall, maybe take a walk outside, you know, say hello to someone, if you're walking by or saying, them saying hello to you, 
there's been a lot of times and I've gone through that situation and I'm in the store and someone will say, hey, how are you? And that just sparks it. It just sparks like, oh, okay, I feel better. So you, you know, have a couple minute conversation with that person or that person just saying hello, you know, really, really sparks me. So, yeah. you know, having that yeah. human contact that's just so important to us. Yeah. Well, I have um, also uh, talked about the importance of tactile touch. And um, that's that's what you're talking about, that um, I had studied, you know, in my academic uh, career about the importance of tactile touch, that it does promote growth in infants, uh, infants that are just born. It promotes growth. It promotes health. Uh, it promotes, it promotes camaraderie that they know that someone is there, that they are being loved. Uh, in today's society, you don't see, uh, many people holding hands, uh, showing, you know, being, showing loving gestures among, um, um, each other. And I'm sure that there's a, a whole different talk about that. But, um, and also, as I said before, people don't believe in something higher than themselves. There was many more people that did believe in in something higher than themselves and and you know and I'm talking about God and um but now a lot of people they don't so you know it's a it's a disconnect uh that I feel is that contributing to loneliness and you know being alone which I do know that there are that there are two different two different things you know that you know with being lonely and being alone okay all right let's move on let's talk about Jesse Smollett now this is a case that is, it makes me say, like, my gosh, what in the heck is going on? Now, listeners, Jesse Smollett case is very interesting to me from the standpoint that something is just not right. For all of you who are not familiar with the case, well, this case is about the actor on the program Empire that airs on Fox Channel. It's a very popular program, listeners, and it was brought um, to the screen by Lee Daniels. Now, this program is being filmed on location in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I have been following the story because I thought it to be very interesting as well as controversial. Now, a quick statement about this case just to kind of bring you guys uh, up to snuff and or introduce you to it for those of you who do not know about it is that it's this case about the actor Jesse Smollett. He was out getting something to eat in Chicago at nighttime from Subway. He said he was hungry, and so he started out to satisfy his hunger by getting something to eat at Subway. Now, Jesse Smollett states that he had received a threatening note, you know, um, he had received a threatening note prior to this incident. Now, what happened, listeners, is that he was attacked reportedly, by two male individuals later to be identified as two Nigerian brothers who were late, who were also later to be identified as they were extra actors on the set of Empire. They were not major role players. Jesse states that he was out, um, uh, as he was out getting something to eat, that he was jumped by these two male individuals who were not identified at the time as the Nigerian brothers, and he was punched and he was told that this is country and called out uh, other, you know, nasty names to him and they tied a rope around his neck. Now he took himself to the hospital and he was later released with no life threatening injuries, but he did sustain bruises and cuts and he was shaken and distraught by this incident. Now, Reginald, 
as the police have conducted their investigation, their findings are that Jesse Smollett hired the Nigerian brothers to do this act on him. As there were reports of him being written off of the show to he wasn't getting enough attention from the letter that he claimed he received that was threatening him to his part of the show uh, that he plays. His character was being diminished. Now, all of this, um, you know, these statements that I just said have been diminished and denounced by Lee Daniels. He is the producer, you know, and the writer of the show. So I guess he should know. And also Fox that broadcasts the show. Now that ba- now that's basically the gist of it. Now there are twists and turns in this case. Now the Hollywood Reporter is stating this morning that Justice Smollett was arrested on felony charge of filing false police reports. Now this is by Katie Kilkenny on two twenty uh, twenty nineteen. Now, original it says that um, Jesse Smollett. Uh, um, Jesse Smollett, uh, they're, they're saying that he sent himself the racist and homophobic letter and was, and was dis, and dissatisfied with his salary. I mean, there's so much going on with this, um, case, Reginald. Have you been, uh, listening to this? Yeah, I've been following it somewhat. Not, not as much. Uh, I know a couple of days ago, I was watching, um, uh, the CBS Evening News, uh, and they were talking about it and, that's when uh, they were reporting, you know, the two guys who uh, were hired. They showed their pictures, you know, things like that. And um, you know, there, there, there has to be more. There has to be more to it. Um, mm-hmm. um, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, this this young man. I guess his role was diminished. I, I don't follow the show. I've only seen it a couple of times. Uh, so his mm-hmm. role was diminished, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, so to me, it, it's attention-seeking, uh, attention-seeking in the wrong way. Um, there could be other other issues, you know, maybe some mental health issues there. Um, um, I was speaking of loneliness not too long ago. Um, so when people are, are getting... The, and, and, and you know, sometimes people, actors or whatever, singers, entertainers, they they have this unrealistic identity of themselves or their job is their identity. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, if they lose this job, if they're no longer on television or no longer making music. Uh, you know, their identity is gone, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the thing the thing is, is that, um, you know, I used to um, along with my husband, when uh, we used to look at uh, Empire um, a lot, uh, we don't uh, look at Empire like that. But all of the things that I talked about are allegedly. okay. I want to say that um, because this is what's being reported. Now, it also says that the actor turned himself in early Thursday morning, Reginald, which is today. And is currently in police custody. He had he has been arrested on a class four felony charge for falsifying a police report. 
Now, there will be a press briefing on the investigation, this article says, prior to a bond hearing, which is scheduled for 1.30 p.m. Chicago time in Cook County Criminal Court, according to the police. Now, the charge is a class four felony, listeners, according to Chicago police spokesman Anthony Guglielmi, which carries a potential sentence of one to three years in prison and up to a $25,000 fine, according to the uh, relevant section of the Illinois statute. Now, I don't know. This development comes just after, you know, hours after, you know, Google me tweeted that detectives were presenting evidence before a Cook County grand jury. I wish people would stop all this dang on tweeting, tweeting and just report it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Fox at 20th Century Fox Television declined to comment on the new classification. Now, in response to the news, Smollett's lawyers, which I was at wondering what in the heck is going on with their his defense team on this uh, statement, like any other citizen, Mr. Smollett enjoys the presumption of innocence, particularly when there has been an investigation like this one where information, both true and false, has been repeatedly leaked. Given these circumstances, we intend to conduct a thorough investigation and to mount an aggressive defense. Wow. Wow. So Reginald, this is, this is also, um, what I'm, uh, what I'm thinking. And the thing is, is that it's just so much craziness going on in this country that you have to be so in depth, you know, to, to, you know, to investigation like, um, uh, Dave just just said to me that they're having an, uh, a, a they're right now they're having a press conference and one question which is a question that I have Reginald and my listeners is that why would anybody especially an African American man use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations and the thing is too Reginald on the other side these brothers okay who. I'm, I'm sure that they're intelligent brothers. Okay. But why would you entertain doing an act like this? You're not, you know, five years old playing on the playground and, um, you know, one kid is maybe jealous because Bobby got the ball and he doesn't. And when Bobby runs, I'm, you know, I want you, you know, um, Edward to stick your foot out and trip him. You know, in, in the rocks or something. Oh, I mean, you know, you know that this is wrong and you know you're going to get yourself in trouble. So the other question that I have, Reginald, is why did they not initially report this to the authorities if this is the case that they were paid to do this? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, you know, I think the thing is people don't think, um, you know, when you and it's a serious thing to file a false police report. Yes, it and, is. Uh, yes, it is. You know, it's, it's serious, and and I feel feel bad for the young man. You know, uh, I feel bad for him. But again, I say there's other extenuating circumstances. I would think you know some other personal problems, personal issues. You know, I don't know. That's why they need to let the investigation run its course and. You know, stop pleading and running their mouth about things, and the investigation is still underway. And and you're right. You know, you're two young black men, 
and you're using this thing of a new, you know, for this alleged incident. But these real things are happening in this country. And well, when you just do something like this, it waters down the actual real things that occur like that in this country. Well, you know, Reginald, it, it, it also is attributing to the fact, let's just talk about the noose, of what that rep- represents, the historical connections that they have, that a noose right. has to, you know, people of color as they were brought over here unwillingly and the things that were done to them. And still in this country, this this um, uh, noose has a lot of power you know, as it the, the power that it has is that it, it brings back all of what happened to, you know, people that came before, uh, you know, before us and, and things in this country and the things that were done to them, you know. And not only that, and then people of other uh, nationalities, how they take a noose and, and they take their lives and things like that. So the, the whole thing is, is that, okay, if you are dissatisfied, just going on what they're saying, if you are dissatisfied with your pay, if you are concerned about the diminishing of your role, why would you take out an act, you know, do something like it makes absolutely no sense. Like, why is it going? What what kind of um, what kind of attention is that going to bring to Lee Daniels, who is a purveyor of all of this to let's, you know, increase your your um, increase your 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 time on screen and or increase your or increase your, you know, monies that you're being paid for your acting. As far as I, as far as I know, and whenever we did look at uh, Empire, he was on the scene, um, you know, a lot, just like um, uh, Taraji P. Henson and the other gentleman who plays his father. His name escapes me right now. And uh, so he had major roles in this. So this is just not making any real sense to me. And I want his defense team to really get on this because, it, it, as I said, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it makes no sense. Now, the, now they did say, um, Reginald and my listeners, as I have been following this story, that Jesse did have these two brothers, one of them, um, you know, was, was helping him, you know, with this bodybuilding and, and, and things of that nature, you know, which... He could have, because he's got money, go and hire a, um, a, a, you know, a personal trainer if you wanted to. Why did he reach out to, you know, one of these brothers for, you know, for bodybuilding and things? You know, it's just, you know, if I was on the defense team, I would have so many questions. And also, as I said before, they don't get off the hook because they are not children. There are grown adults and they knew that what they were doing was wrong. So if, if Jussie has been arrested, then they need to be arrested too. They don't get a pass. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, well, they're, they're you know, they're a part of this as, as well. Uh, so, right, they don't, they don't get a pass because, you know, that's like being the guy who uh, sits in the car and drives the car, the getaway car, after the other two guys go in and rob the bank. Well, exactly. You know, you think exactly. you're going to take the money, but you're an accessory. So these two guys are, are accessories as well because they participated in, in the mayhem. 
And uh, Alleg- now you're uh, saying allegedly. That, well, you're saying that this guy, Jesse, had, you know, a, a large part in the show. You know, again, I didn't watch the show. So now that just being, uh, you know, more that it doesn't make sense to me. You know, if, yeah. if you were satisfied with your pay, be an adult, be a man, and talk to the gentleman about your pay. Uh, and mm-hmm. also, you have to realize you're an actor. That doesn't mean that you're going to be doing this part or this show is going to run for the next 20 years or the next five years or the next six years. You do it. Mm-hmm. You enjoy it. You're blessed. You're blessed to make that type of money. I'm sure you will make in a nice salary. Uh, but, you know, you're blessed to make that money. And then you go on and you, you know, have a backup plan, be it your education, school, starting, you know, whatever. You have a backup plan because... You're an actor. You're exactly. An exactly. And but but Rachel, you know, as I said, all of these things are alleged, you know, alleged, you know, uh, they're they're reporting this. Uh, I'm not saying that the reports are alleged, but what I'm saying that what's contained in the reports about what Jussie did and what these other two gentlemen said and did, you know, n- nothing has been proven. And this is what his defense team did say that I read. Um, I'm paraphrasing that he's basically, you know, um, innocent until proven guilty. I mean, that's just the basic standard here. You know, so the thing is, as, as I said, if, if he paid them money, uh, I understand that they that they are now um, calling for his bank reports and his telephone records, which they can get those things are very easy um, if they're in the, in the investigative mode. And then if he transferred money or gave them money, OK, fine. So but all I'm saying is that there's so many things left out. You're reporting these things. OK, how much money did he pay them? When did he pay them? Where was they? Where were they when they accepted this money? You know, um, what form what form of money did he pay you? Did he pay you cash? Did he write you a check? Was it a money order? Was it a cashier's check? I mean, you know, it's just, you know, they're saying, oh, well, you know, we went to uh, we went to uh, the, you know, this um, uh, hardware store and bought the rope and, you know, things like that. I'm like, uh, OK, I, so where's the, where's the where's the receipt for the rope, Reginald? I mean, you know, they tell the public all these things. But I don't like to, yeah. you know, if you're going to be accusing someone of something, be very concrete in your evidence. That's all I'm saying. Otherwise, if you're accusing someone of something and you don't have sufficient evidence to substantiate your case, then you're, you should be in trouble as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, right. Well, that's why people just should be quiet. This investigation role. Let the investigation exactly. take its course, and, yes. you know, everyone has to tweet or want to tweet or put their two cents in and, you know, all of this stuff. Just be quiet and let the investigation take its course, and the findings can be, you know, and then, you know, uh, after the investigation, the findings are presented. In the meantime, just, just be quiet because, I mean, you know how it is. People are going to sensationalize things. They're going to... Well, let's just say that they will lie just to sensationalize things, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, come on. So just, so just let it roll. Let the investigation take its course and the findings come out. It, exactly, exactly. So let's find out, is you know, really what's going on. Because if this did happen where Jussie Smollett, you know, did do what they're allegedly saying that he did, then, okay, then there's a price to pay for that. 
I like the young gentleman. I, I think Jussie is a, um, he's a, he's a dynamite actor. He can sing. I mean, he is a talent. So none of this really had to occur. You know, he's a very good talent. You know, he's very handsome, very uh, articulate, very well-spoken uh, guy. I don't know anything about these other two Nigerians except for when they came into, um, you know, this, the scene, you know, with, with all of this that, that has gone on. So, you know, I, I just wish, I just wish them the best, you know, and, and I hope that the truth comes out because they seem to be taking this case from, you know, by pretty quickly. So hopefully quickly, Reginald, um, you know, us, the public will find out exactly what's going on. And I just want it to be fair and I just want it to be in depth and I just want it to be truthful. Okay. All right. So let's move on, Reginald. Let's talk about reports state that Mueller is done with his report. Do you think that's true or is that speculation? Now, CNN, Doug Christ states the following on 2-21-2019. The end is apparently near for the Russia investigation. Attorney General Bill Barr is set to announce the completion of special counsel Robert Mueller's probe, perhaps as soon as next week, people familiar with the plan say. A summary of Mueller's confidential report would then be given to Congress, though at this point it's not clear when lawmakers would get it or what its scope would be. Now, Mueller's investigation has consumed President Trump's presidency and America's political life for almost two years. The president rages against it, denouncing it as a hoax and a witch hunt, while some of Trump's political adversaries hope it will lead to the end of his presidency. But the upcoming report may not provide the kind of closure many think. CNN's Chris Siliza thinks people are so dug in with their opinions that whatever ultimately comes out won't change many minds. Now, the number of people actually running for for president and things like this, uh, Reginald, on the Democrat side. Now, do you think that, well, first let me ask you this. Do you actually think, now you and I have talked about this before on the show, off the show, that there's a lot of speculation because, once again, you do not have concrete evidence that Robert Mueller is, you know, done or at the end of the report. And do you think that this is being hyped because the Republicans want this to be coming to closure? What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Reginald? Yeah, of course they want it to come to closure. But everybody's been screaming about the investigation is over, it's going to be over. They've been saying that for 18 months. But everybody mm-hmm. has been saying that except one person, Robert Mueller. He's, he you. hasn't said anything. So Bill Barr, yeah, he wants it to be over, the new attorney general. And Bill Barr is the one who said when he gets the report that he's going to go over it and he will determine what will be released to the public. So, of course, he wants it to be over. But people have to have to realize, you know, either you weren't born or you didn't study this. But during uh, the, the Watergate investigation, it took four years. It mm-hmm. took four years. You know, uh, Nixon sued the New York Times and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was going back and forth, so it took four years. So mm-hmm. people sometimes have this microwave attitude, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram attitude that, you know, it's supposed to be, but investigations take time. 
Yes. This, see, this is what I'm saying in relating to the Smollett's case. You know, you come up with all this information quick, fast, and in a hurry just to get a story, just to get it out of the way. But, you know, when we find ourselves doing things like this, Reginald, this is what I find, that this is also one of the reasons that there are a lot of people in jail that should not be in jail because of quick, fast, and hurry, um, you know, uh, methods that, that are being applied. Um, but what what I'm saying, Reginald, is that, and by the way, um, has Barr has not been confirmed, so he's still acting attorney general. I just wanted to say that. And as he... Uh, did I miss that? Has no, he been no, confirmed, he, Reginald, as uh, Attorney General? Yes, yes, he, he was. He was confirmed. Go ahead. Uh, like, over, he was confirmed over a week ago. Yes, yeah, so, so he's well, been that, confirmed. That that just goes to show you how much attention I paid about him because I think that's I just think he's ridiculous. But anyway, um, so thanks for, for you know for telling me about that. But but anyway, this you know people want information quick, fast, in a hurry. They want things quick, fast, in a hurry, and that's that's not the way it should be done. Particularly when it is involving someone's life, okay, involving someone's livelihood. Quick, fast, and and in a hurry outcome should not be all right. So I'm just saying that they want all of this to to be done because if you notice, there has not been any hats thrown into the ring on the Republican side, Reginald and my listeners. But there are a number of Democrats that have already thrown their hat into the ring for uh, running for the upcoming presidential um, election. And that includes uh, Bernie Sanders. And um, but there are also others that are speculated to do so uh, as well. So what do you think, Reginald, about the number of individuals that on the Democrat side that have actually thrown their hats in. And do you see any of them? And I think I asked this question to you before and you answered it, but I'd like for you to say it again. Do you see any of them as being the front runner right now? Uh, no, I don't see any of them being the front runner right now. I, I like Elizabeth Warren. I like Kamala Harris. I like Cory, Cory Booker. Uh, but that's what a campaign is about, of uh, getting out there and you kind of whittle down. You know, it's like a carpenter getting a piece of wood, a rare, a raw piece of wood, and then he or she just kind of whittled it all down into whatever, to a, a chair, stool, or whatever. It is that 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 they're making, and that's what I see a presidential candidacy is, is like. Uh, regarding mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders, uh, well, you know, let me say this first. You know, if anybody can run, people say, "Oh, he's going to run," or "She's going to run for president." So, so what? You know, mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. as the campaign goes by, uh, you know, and as as questions are asked, and as you know, the campaign goes on, some people are going to are going to fall by the wayside. You know. Uh, now, as far as Bernie Sanders, and, and, and I know this may, you know, bug some people, but Bernie, your time has come and, and, and gone. You know, we don't have time for, for ego tripping. I think it's the ego trip thing for him, that he wants to feel the burn again, pun intended. Yeah. He wants to feel uh-huh. the burn, burn again, you know, but we don't have time for, you know, silliness. You know, exactly. we don't have too, exactly. too many serious things in this country that's going on 
with this person who's temporarily sitting in, in the White House. So, so it doesn't matter to me who runs because the campaign will take its course like an investigation. It will take its course, and those who should be there will be, and those who shouldn't won't. Um, as far as the Republican side, as more stuff hits the fan and they see that Trump is in trouble, there would be other Repub- there would be Republicans who will, who will jump in. But right now, yeah. they're sitting back waiting to see what happens. Exactly, and that's what um, um, I, I believe you and I talked about on the last show or recent show is that they are waiting to see what's going to happen with him. You know, because a lot of people don't want to be connected because, look, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the senators and things of this nature who would want to throw their hat in uh, that are Republican, uh, they're up for reelection next year. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this past election, if it has shown them nothing else, it has shown them that, yeah, you mess up and you're out. So they're Mm -hmm. doing their best, as you were saying to, you know, distance themselves as much as possible, you know, oh, well, hey, we don't, we didn't, we weren't for Trump. We weren't for this, we, which, which we all knew they were, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, now, you know, so they're thinking of how they're going to devise their backpedal campaign. That's what I'm calling it, okay? So, you know, so that let's, let's backpedal so that, you know, no, 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 we're denounced Trump, we da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, we weren't for this and we weren't for that because they know that people will vote their asses out in a heart in a heartbeat in a heartbeat and they showed this with this last um election. So yeah, they're 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 yeah, there it's it's just a lot, you know, it's just a lot going on in our in our world. So hopefully yeah. um hopefully um, you know, um uh, they need to stop talking about Mueller, stop putting it out there that um his thing is um is ending uh bar you know, this is public information. You know, you do not have the wherewithal to just say, I'm only going to release this to the public and um, and you are not going to get the rest of that. That's that, that's just not going to happen. That's all I'm saying. And, and here's the thing about people who are, you know, saying when the, and not, I'm not going to say if the stuff hits the fan, when the stuff, when the stuff hits the fan with Trump, they can say, uh-huh. oh, well, not our... But you have a voting record. You have a mm-hmm. voting record. And you can't distance yourself from your voting record. So if mm-hmm. you voted with them on certain things, you can't deny that because you were connected to him. So, you know, hold people accountable on their voting record regardless of what they say. Exactly. But this is what I'm saying, Rachel. You know that in the past people have done this a lot. Oh, no, I, I was not I was not for him when you oh, were. Yeah. When you were. So I'm just saying to the voters, it's time to be more uh, active and savvy. You can pull up their voting record and see what it is they voted for, what it is they voted against. So if they voted for something that you were good with, cool in this gang. If they voted for something that you were not good with, you know, then then you deal with that accordingly. Okay. now let's move on to the next uh, thing, which is. um. CNN is reporting, uh, Reginald, that, you know, about this Coast Guard officer. He is accused of wanting to conduct a mass killing. His name was Christopher Paul Hassan. He was arrested last week on gun and drug charges. Now, authorities say Hassan of Maryland is a white supremacist who kept a hit list 
that named prominent Democrats and members of the media, including CNN anchors. Now, a search of his home, Reginald, found 15 weapons and more than a thousand rounds of ammunition. Prosecutors consider Hassan to be a domestic terrorist and say he relied on the manifesto of Anders Breivik, the Norwegian man who killed 77 people in a pair of terror attacks in 2011. Now, this is more than terrible news, Reginald, and my listeners. The hate that resides in this country is just off of the chain. Now, Reginald, do you think this is because of all of the mega stuff, and that's what I'm calling this stuff, the person in the White House started during his campaign and still recites today? Absolutely. And this is what Trump wants. He, he, he wants this because this is a, a you know, he, he can use this as, as an excuse, as, as, mm-hmm. as a cover of, of, well, you don't see there, they're, they're doing this to me. They're, they're, I, I, I'm the victim. You know, he's mm-hmm. playing, he's playing the victim role. And, and cowards are really good at playing the victim role. Yeah. And so you have these people out there like that. And whenever he's at his little high school rallies, you know, he talks this stuff and it gets people riled up, which is, which is what he wants. Um, exactly. But, you know, talk is, is, is very dangerous. What you say is very mm-hmm. dangerous because we have people out here who aren't mentally stable who will literally take what you say, what he says, and act on it. But again, it's my feeling that that's exactly what he wants. Exactly, exactly. And then he's going to say, well, I don't know why they're doing that. They're, you know, they're, they're just doing this. They don't have anything to do with me. Like the school ground bully, okay? It's the same thing. Okay, I want to, um, uh, but, but I just want to say this before I, I move on real quickly because we're running out of time. I'm glad that this man has been caught, okay? And I hope that this put notice on anybody else who are, you know, attempting and thinking about doing such heinous, heinous, heinous acts, Reginald, you know? It, it's terrible. Right. It is it terrible. Is. Now, now, very quickly, because I said I'm running out of time, Lindsey Graham, what do you think about him Ugh. with this wanting to investigate the FBI because, you know, it was stated that they were, you know, wanting to um, use the 25th Amendment to get the president out of the office and blah, 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 blah. I think that it is a total waste of our taxpayers' money to investigate the FBI. And then I'm also going to say this, you know, Trump got, you know, a, a huge, a huge dislike for the FBI. He doesn't want the FBI around because, you know, he's he's got this totalitarian communistic mind frame going on. You know, that he doesn't need these kinds of investigator investigative bureaus, this FBI, the CIA and all of this, you know, that he is the end all be all. Quickly, Reginald, your comments. Mm-hmm. Well, Lizzie Graham is a joke. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a knucklehead and he's a joke. And mm-hmm. uh, the FBI is doing their job. And it just shows the concern. And I'm not sure if, if you or your list or our listeners have uh, saw uh, the interview on 60 Minutes. It, it just shows the concern that the FBI had with this man who's, who's sitting in, in, in office. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a scary situation. 
me that they were really concerned about this and have a reason to be concerned. Uh, Thank you. uh, You know, Lindsey Graham, you know, the FBI is doing their job. I want them to continue to do their job because these men and women, they put their life on the line every day. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Like this guy who we were just talking about. So. Talking about, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, if they're not doing their job, I mean, just think of the craziness that could go on on a daily basis. We think that is crazy in this country. Oh, my God, if we didn't have the FBI and the CIA and other investigative bureaus like this, I mean, we would really – really be up shit's creek and and yeah. i just don't and i just don't see the reason Rachel, with all of the um need for um uh taxpayers monies to go toward more meaningful stuff there are already investigations going on that you can that you can line up one street and down the other that's 30 miles long right now associated with this uh white house administration and this person sitting in the White House that slaves built. So we don't need to take any more of the taxpayers money and funnel it to causes that I feel that are unnecessary. It doesn't make any kind of sense. I mean, what does he think he's going to gain by, by doing this, but wasting once again, the taxpayers money, you know, I, I, I just think it's ridiculous. And, and, and Go it's ahead. Reginald. And, and, and it's a smoke screen. It's a smoke yes. screen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I my I was saying to my husband, I'm like, really, really, you know, go and find yourself something to do. I'm serious. Go and find yourself something to do. Do something more meaningful. You said that you were a friend of John McCain's. Well, act like you're a friend of John McCain's. OK, he was right. doing things that he was doing things that were meaningful and that was helping, um, you know, helping um uh, the nation go forward. OK, I am. Out of time, Reginald, this was a fabulous discussion. I thank you listeners for tuning in to me. I will be back on March 7th with more interesting educational and controversial subjects. So I want you guys to stay, to stay safe. I want you to be kind to yourself because that's where it starts and be kind to others. This is Teresa E. Keys signing out. Two weeks later, we'll be talking again.